founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jayom Vishnupad Paramhangsapati Prajaka Acharya Asthotarasata Sri Srimad Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai. Ananti Koti Vaishnava Brinda Ki Jai. Nama Acharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai. 
प्रेम सिखो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत कटाधार श्रीभास आदि गौर भक्तपिंड की जाय श्री श्री राधा कृष्ण गोप गोपीनाथ श्याम खुंद राधा खुंद की गोवर्धन की जाय श्री वृंदावन धाम की जाय श्री नवद्वीप मायापुर धाम की जाय श्री जगन्नाथपुरी धाम की जाय गंगमयी की जाय यमुनामयी की जाय भक्ति देवी की जाय तुलसी देवी की जाय समबेर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रेमानंदी नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते एथे कृष्णस्थु भगवान स्वयं इंद्रारी व्याकुलम लोकम मृदियंती युगे युगे एथे छंसकलापुंसा कृष्णस्थु भगवान स्वयं इंद्रारी व्याकुलम लोकम मृदयंती युगे युगे एथे छंसकलापुंसा कृष्णस्थु भगवान स्वयं इंद्रारी व्याकुलम लोकम मृदयंती युगे 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 इन डिफरेंट एजेस ऑल द अबव मेंशन्ड इनकार्नेशंस आर इधर प्लेनरी पोर्शंस और portions of the plenary portions of the Lord. But Lord Sri Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. All of them appear on planets 
whenever there is a disturbance created by the atheists, the Lord incarnates to protect the theists. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In this particular stanza, Lord Sri Krishna, the Personality of God, had is distinguished from other incarnations. He is counted amongst the avatars, incarnations, because out of his causeless mercy, the Lord descends from his transcendental abode. Avatar means one who descends. All the incarnations of the Lord, including the Lord himself, descend on the different planets of the material world, as also in different species of life to fulfill particular missions. Sometimes he comes himself, and sometimes his different planary portions or parts of the planary portions or his differentiated portions directly or indirectly empowered by him descend on this material world to execute certain specific functions. Originally, the Lord is full in all opulences, all prowess, all fame, all beauty, all knowledge, and all renunciation. When they are partly manifested through the plenary portions or parts of the plenary portions, it should be noted that certain manifestations of his different powers are required for those particular functions. When in the room small electric bulbs are displayed, it does not mean that the electric powerhouse is limited by the small bulbs. The same powerhouse can supply power to operate large-scale industrial dynamos with greater volts. Similarly, the incarnations of the Lord display limited powers because so much power is needed at that particular time. For example, Lord Parasuram and Lord Narasimha displayed unusual opulence by killing the disobedient Kshatriyas 21 times and killing the greatly powerful atheist Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu was so powerful that even the demigods and other planets would tremble simply by the unfavorable rising of his eyebrow. The demigods in the higher level of material existence many, many times excel the most well-to-do human beings in duration of life, beauty, wealth, paraphernalia, and in all respects. Still, they were afraid of Hiranyakashipu. Thus, we could simply imagine how powerful Hiranyakashipu was in this material world. But even Hiranyakashipu was cut into small pieces 
by the nails of Lord Narasimha. This means that anyone materially powerful cannot stand the strength of the Lord's nails. Similarly, Jamadagnya displayed the Lord's power to kill all the disobedient kings powerfully situated in their respective states. The Lord's empowered incarnation Narada and plenary incarnation Varaha, as well as indirectly empowered Lord Buddha, created faith in the mass of people. The incarnations of Ram and Dhanvantari displayed his fame, and Balaram, Mohini, and Vamana exhibited his beauty. Dathatreya, Matsya, Kumar, and Kapila exhibited his transcendental knowledge. Nara Narayan exhibited his renunciation. So all the different incarnations of the Lord directly or indirectly manifested different features. But Lord Krishna, the primeval Lord, exhibited the complete features of Godhead. And thus it is confirmed that he is the source of all other incarnations. And the most extraordinary feature exhibited by Lord Sri Krishna was his internal energetic manifestation of his pastimes with the cowherd girls. His pastimes with the gopis are all displays of transcendental existence, bliss, and knowledge. Although these are manifested apparently as sex love, the specific attraction of his pastimes with the gopis should never be misunderstood. The Bhagavatam relates these transcendental pastimes in the 10th canto, and in order to reach the position to understand the transcendental nature of Lord Krishna's pastimes with the gopis, the Bhagavatam promotes the student gradually in nine other cantos. <clears throat> According to Sri Jiva Goswami's statement, in accordance with authoritative sources, Lord Krishna is the source of all other incarnations. It is not that Lord Krishna has any source or inca of incarnation. All the symptoms of the Supreme Truth are in full are present in the person of Lord Sri Krishna. And in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord emphatically declares that there is no truth greater than or equal to himself. In this stanza, the word Swayam is particularly mentioned to confirm that Lord Krishna has no other source than himself. Although in other places the incarnations are described as Bhagavan <coughs> because of their specific functions, nowhere are they declared to be the Supreme Personality. In this stanza, the word Swayam signifies the supremacy as the Samam Bonam. The Samam Bonam Krishna is one without a second. He himself has expanded himself in various parts, portions, and particles 
है स्वयं रूप स्वयं प्रकाष्ठा एकात्म प्रभाव वैभाव विलास अवतार आवेश एंड जीवस all provided with innumerable energies just suitable to the respective persons and personalities learned scholars and transcendental subjects have carefully analyzed the samam bonum krishna to have 64 principal attributes all the expansions or categories of the lord possess only some percentages of these attributes but shri krishna is the possessor of the attributes cent percent and his personal expansions such as swayam prakash and tat ekatma up to the category of the avatars who are all vishnu tatva possess up to 93% of these transcendental attributes lord shiva who is neither avatar nor avesh nor in between them possesses almost 84% of the attributes but the jivas or the individual living beings in different statuses of life possess up to the limit of 78% of the attributes in the conditioned state of material existence the living being possesses these attributes in very minute quantity varying in terms of the pious the abode of the lord krishna above all spiritual planets is called krishna loka or goloka brindavan and the perfected living being by developing 78% of the above attributes in fullness can enter the planet of krishna loka after leaving the present material ज्ञानंजनाचलाकायाचक्षुदुमिदितंगीनाथस्मैश्रीगुरवेनमहस्रीचैतन्यामनोभिष्टंस्थापितंगेनभूतले स्वयंरूपाकदामयंददाति स्
Sahakana Lalita Sri Vishakan Bitamstra He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanda Radha Kanda Namostate Tapta Kanshana Gauranki Radhe Brinda Baneshwadi Drishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priyai Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Atithanam Bhavalibhya Vaishnavibhya Namo Namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasati Gaurabhakta Brinda Happy John Mastami. Today we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1, Chapter 3, entitled Krishna is the Source of All Incarnations, Text 28. I am very grateful and very Happy to be with you once again, Sri Shirata Gopinath Temple. This particular verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam has been quoted extensively over the centuries by the greatest of the Acharyas or self-realized souls because so succinctly and clearly it reveals the unique greatness of Krishna. We read in Srimad Bhagavatam that Vyasadeva, who is literary incarnation of the Supreme Lord, he descended in this world out of the mercy of the Lord. Paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya chuduskritam dharma samstapanayataya sambhavami juge juge. That the supreme truth, the cause of all causes, the source of everything that exists, the father, the mother of all living beings, the proprietor of all existence, the ultimate controller, descends into this world out of mercy, compassion. Ultimately, Krishna, who is Atmarama, is who is eternally self-satisfied, comes to this world out of love for every being, to reestablish the true principles of religion, to annihilate ignorance, and to protect and restore the devotion, the love 
the dharma, sanatan dharma within the hearts. So as Vyasadev, Krishna especially came to um, give us the Vedic literatures. And what a vast, magnanimous mission that was. Srila Veda Vyas, he took Veda and divided it into four. Rig Veda, Sama Veda, Yatra Veda, Atharva Veda. He explained them very deeply in philosophical terms in the Upanishads. Taking the essence of various histories of creations, he wrote the Puranas, the Itihastas, like Mahabharata. Mahabharata alone is over 100,000 verses. He empowered his students, as well as himself, to write various smritis, srutis. And summarized all of them as the Vedanta Sutra. But we read in the text of Srimad Bhagavatam that Vyastev himself, and he's writing about himself. It's kind of autobiographical. He was living in his hermitage in Badrik, Badrikashram. Not the Badrikashram that human beings can drive to. This is high in the Himalayas, Adi Badri, high in the Himalayas. And there, sitting on the banks of the Saraswati River, he was feeling an emptiness. How is that possible? No one in history of this existence has ever achieved such literary genius accomplishments as Vyasadeva. Why would he feel that he hasn't done his service properly? Simple reason. Because of his genuine, deep care for all of us. He wants to give the deepest happiness to everyone. Srila Prabhupada would often cite the Vedic line, Sarve Sukhita Bhavantu, that the purpose of all Vedic knowledge is very simple. Let everyone be happy. But what is happiness? Yasdev explained all the various incarnations of the Lord. He explained so many philosophical principles. He explained the nature of the soul, the nature of the supreme soul, the nature of karma, everything. But still, there was something missing in his, in his heart. 
I haven't done enough. And even Srila Vyasadeva could not understand what that was. So he was sitting in a state of deep meditation. After accomplishing all of this, after providing all this literature, this knowledge, this history to the world, why do I feel unfulfilled? And it was at that time that Narada Muni appeared and told him the reason is you have not elaborately explained in detail the incarnation and the pastimes of Krishna. You have explained Krishna, but you haven't gone deep into the Vrindavan pastimes of Krishna, into the loving relationships of Krishna with his devotees. You haven't established that supreme, unique, original role of Krishna among incarnations. And in your other literatures, you have described the process of self-realization at different stages. And you've explained pure love of God, prema bhakti. But they're mixed up with desires for better material enjoyment, elevation to higher planets, attainment of mystic yogic powers, liberation, worship of God is there in scriptures all over the world. The supreme, almighty power of the absolute truth. Nitya nityadam chaitanas chaitanam ekopahunam yovidadati kaman. That there is one supreme truth. And there are many other, tr there are many other part and parcel truths, the jivas, who are all subordinate to that one supreme truth. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, mayadhyakshena prakriti suyate sachadachadam that this whole material existence is working under my direction. Krishna shakti man, the supreme Godhead is the source of all energies. And the jiva, the part and parcel of Krishna. Krishna defines this in the Bhagavad Gita. Mamayavam so jiva loke jiva We are all part of Krishna. Jivera swarupoy krishna das. Therefore we are all eternally the servants of the Supreme. And as tatashta shakti, Every spirit soul has the choice, the free will, to either be subordinate to Krishna's divine spiritual energy in ecstatic love, or under his material energy, where we fall under the illusion that my happiness will be by being a proprietor, a controller, and an enjoyer of temporary material situations. Dukalaya Mashashvatam. 
Krishna clearly tells in this material world, unless we understand how everything is the energy of the Lord to be used in the loving service of the Lord, then those very things, to the, whatever extent we become attached to them, are inevitable sources of misery because they're temporary. Truth is that which has no cessation, no end. So Veda Vyas gave us all this information. But Narada Muni explained that you have not yet given a literature that exclusively describes unconditional, unmotivated, pure love for Krishna, for God. And one of the um, basic foundational verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. Savai pung sang paro dharamo yato bhaktiradhokshache ahoitiki apratiyata yayatma suprasiddhati. The supreme dharma is that which awakens from within our hearts loving devotional service to the supreme. Such bhakti must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Narada told Vyas, you write this book now, Srimad Bhagavatam, the Bhagavat Purana, which exclusively deals with the very heart and essence and purpose of all Vedic knowledge. Vedanta Sutra is the summary study of the essence of all the knowledge of all the Vedic literatures. And Srimad Bhagavatam is commentary wherein you describe at the, the summum bonum, the culmination of all knowledge, the beautiful pastimes of Lord Sri Krishna. Here in the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam Vyasadev is describing the glories of so many various incarnations that have come in this world. Yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata abhyutamang adharmasya tatatmanam shrijamya. Who have come according to time, place, and circumstance again and again to reestablish the true principles of Dharma. And Krishna tells in Gita, Janma karma chame devyam evam yobiti tattva punarjana naiti mametu sojana. One who understands my transcendental nature, appearance, and activities in this world never takes birth again in this material world, but attains my eternal abode. So all these various incarnations that are described by Vyasdev are transcendental descents out of the mercy of the Supreme Lord. 
And if we can understand the appearance and activities, the transcendental nature of any of these incarnations, we never take birth again in this world. We attain liberation. We attain eternal loving service for the Lord. When we read about Varaha Dev, who lifts the earth so effortlessly, of Narasimha Dev, such power, such mercy, such kindness. We read about Mahavishnu, who creates the entire cosmic manifestation by his breathing who impregnates the entire cosmos with living beings by his glance. So many different incarnations are described. How the Lord is situated within the heart of every living being as the witness. How he's situated between, in and between every atomic particle. We read about Lord Ramchandra. So many different beautiful stories are summarized here by Vyasadev. And he culminates with this verse of all these glorious avatars. Who are all plenary portions or portions of plenary portions of the Lord. Lord Krishna is the original personality of Godhead. What does that mean, original? Lord Brahma, who is the original father and guru of all living beings within our universe, he offered this prayer, Ishwara Parama Krishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha Anadira Dir Govinda Saravakarana Karanam. That Krishna is Param Ishwara. He is the supreme controller of all controllers. His body is not a material object. His body is pure spiritual, eternal, full of knowledge, full of bliss. He's the original cause of all causes and the source of everything that exists. Govindam Adi Buddhasham Damam Bhajami. And here we find in the Srimad Bhagavatam nine cantos, describes in much depth many of the most prominent incarnations throughout the history of so many creations. And under the direction of Narada Muni, Veda Vyas reveals the most intimate secrets of his heart in the culmination of the 10th canto, which begins with John Mastami. The appearance of Krishna. When it is said, Govindam Adi Purusham Damaham Bhajami, that Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead.
this is not the way our um, scientists, our engineers, our mathematicians calculate original. Because when we speak about that which is eternal, it's not chronological based on the limitations of time, of who came first. Srila Jiva Goswami, Srila Prabhupada is quoting here that all the various incarnations of the truth, the absolute truth that descend into this world manifest particular degrees of the supreme unlimited opulence of the Lord. Aishwaryasya, samagrasya, viryasya, yashashashriya, jnana vairagya, chaiva, sanambhaga, itingana. Prabhupada quotes this verse in this purport. Bhagavan means one who possesses all opulences, excellences, in full. Beauty, knowledge, strength, fame, wealth, and renunciation. And when Krishna appears in various avatars in this world, according to the need, according to the circumstance, and according to his own sweet will, he manifests certain quantity and quality of these opulences. And Krishna is called Adi Govinda, Adi Purusha, because as Krishna, he reveals all of these opulences to the fullest degree. And in the spiritual world eternally, Krishna reveals, he manifests, and shares his fullest, richest, supreme qualities with his devotees. Srila Prabhupada, he quoted that one time I believe it was a person from Germany. He came to try to understand who is God. And he lived in India for some years and he was traveling throughout the whole country. And he came to Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada. And he said, I have seen the different aspects of God. Some are holding bows and arrows, some are holding choppers and swords, some are, are, are using their nails. There are so many different um, deities and so many different forms of God. And I understand there's one supreme treat, they were all manifestations of this one God. But I have come to the conclusion that Krishna is supreme because he's playing his flute. <laughs> God is happier playing flute than just d destroying irreligion and killing demons and speaking philosophies. He's simply enjoying 
He must be the most complete. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, yes, this is Krishna. In the spiritual world of Goloka, he's simply giving pleasure to his devotees. There's just Madhurya Dham, the sweetest love. Krishna's greatest power is his beauty. The name Krishna means all attractive, supremely attractive. In Vrindavan, there's a very famous story on Bank of Yamuna, Kamadev, Cupid. This powerful energy personified who keeps everyone in the entire cosmic manifestation illusioned by attractive desires. And he personifies with his arrows. When it goes into your heart, it bewilders you. Madana is one who bewilders. One who keeps people in illusion. So he came to Vrindavan on bank of Yamuna and took his most powerful, most effective of all arrows to shoot at Krishna to see what he could do. And when he aimed it at Krishna and saw Krishna's beauty, and Kamadev really knows what beauty is. When he looked at Krishna, he was so attracted to Krishna, he fell unconscious in ecstasy. Therefore, Krishna's Madan Mohan. Madana bewilders everyone, but Krishna bewilders Madana and everyone else. Srila Rupa Goswami, he offers a simple warning in his prayer that if you are attached to all these material things that everyone is attached to, don't go to Keshi Ghat on Bank of Yamuna because there Govinda is standing playing his flute in the moonlight. And when you become attracted to his beauty, Paramdristvani Vartate, then how can we be attached to anything else? That is Krishna. In Krishna's beautiful Leela, Mahavishnu, the, the original Purusha of the cosmic manifestation, the entire creation is manifested from Mahavishnu. He's the super soul of material existence with its innumerable universes. But Vyasadeva tells us in one beautiful story, he takes away little children of a Brahmin. And the Brahmin was so upset with Maharaj Ugrasena, the king of Dwarka, 
that you are the king. You are responsible for the, the well-being of others. Why my children are dying. And it's a beautiful story. But Arjuna, to protect the dignity of Ugrasena, he says, I will protect your next child. Otherwise, I will enter fire. And the child died. Krishna said, come with me. We'll get the child. And they went all the way to Mahavishnu, Karuna Dakshai Vishnu. And Karuna Dakshai Vishnu said, actually, I kidnapped the children. Why would Mahavishnu kidnap little children in one little tiny universe? He explained, he explained the reason. He said, because I knew, you always protect your devotees. So to protect Arjuna, I knew you would come here. I just wanted to see you. <laughs> I wanted to close up witness your transcendental beauty and sweetness. Indra thought he was very powerful. And he is very powerful. If you came face to face with Indra and he was angry with you, <laughs> all you could do is take shelter of Krishna. <laughs> but he sent the, some, these, the clouds of destruction down to Vrindavan. We cannot understand. We are all thinking how difficult it is living in the monsoons of Mumbai. <laughs> Sometimes it floods and the sewers back up and everything. How terrible this is, how devastating it is. But these are just little clouds. The clouds that Indra sent are the clouds for at the time of devastation. It floods the entire planet. The whole world becomes an ocean. Very quickly. He sent those clouds. And here's little Krishna. He's just playing the role of a little cowherd boy. He's only seven years old. And he doesn't look too much older than that either. And he tells Nanda Maharaj, what are you doing this Indra Puja for? Nanda Maharaj says, we do this every year. It's because Indra gives us rain and we depend on the rain because we are agriculturalists taking care of cows. Krishna wanted to purify the ego of Indra. He said, no need, no need. It, according to our karma, we're going to get rain. Indra just has to provide what your destiny is. So let us offer all this food and all these pujas, these articles of worship to Govardhan Hill, to the Brahmins and to the cows. Nanda Maharaj, Krishna, whatever makes you happy, we will do. So Krishna was happy, and everyone was happy, except Indra. 
was insulted. Krishna tells in Gita, one who has been honored, dishonor is worse than death. And Indra gets honored a lot. There's so many mantras and, and, and rituals in the Vedas that worship Indra. And the nature of this world is when you, when you receive things, you become very habituated to expect to get it. And then when you don't get it, it's very painful. If you never had it before, it really doesn't matter. But this, this attachment of expectation is very deep in the human heart. And in the, sometimes the demigods also. So he was getting this worship so many times. Now, if no one does puja for you, you probably couldn't, wouldn't mind so much. <laughs> but Indra was getting this every year, generation after generation after generation. So to not give it to him one time was such an insult. He couldn't bear it. He went totally out of control. His mind was... Uh, he, he couldn't subdue it. He was so angry. He reacted by sending the clouds of destruction to destroy Krishna's abode. This talkative little child Krishna. And, you know, when Krishna was in the womb of Devaki, Indra was one of the demigods that was praying to him. <laughs> When Mother Earth approached Brahma, that please, I'm, I'm in such a lamentable situation. There are powerful kings who are exploiting my children, who are exploiting all of my resources. This is, I'm in a pitiable condition. See the tears in my eyes, help me. And Brahma brought Indra with him and Shiva and all the greatest of the devatas and sages to pray for Vishnu to appear. And Vishnu said, I'm coming. And they understood he was in the womb of Devaki. So why would Indra be disturbed about some food being offered to Govardhan Hill? Because even somebody of that stature of a devotee with such a very important service, because his ego was hurt, he became bewildered. He wasn't able to recognize Krishna. Krishna tells in Gita, According to how one surrenders to me, I reveal myself accordingly. Indra had attachments. And when attachments, when desires and attachments are unfulfilled, one becomes angry. And Krishna explains the whole system of how the, the evolution of desire in this world. First there's a desire to enjoy something. 
then there's attachment. And when attachment's unfulfilled, there's anger. And when there's anger, then memory is lost. That's what happened to Indra. He forgot that this is my beloved Lord. This is where I get all my power from. And when the memory is lost, one loses one's intelligence and what one does things that are out of one's character. So all the demigods, everyone was watching as Indra's retaliating. And little seven-year-old Krishna, he's approached by the bridge boss. He's, look, the cows and the calves, they're being, they're being afflicted by the rains of Indra. And, and, and you told us to do this Govardhan Puja. So please help all of us. And Krishna smiled. He didn't even look angry. He just said, please come. And he lifted Govardhan Hill and held it up with a little finger for seven days and seven nights. And Indra, with all of his powers, was showering rains and thunder and lightning. And Krishna is so thorough, so complete when he wants to humble a devotee. Indra sent the most powerful winds of creation and he could not move a single particle of dust, could not separate a single leaf from the hundreds of millions of leaves on the trees of Govardhan. And everyone was happy. Under the hill, for seven days and seven nights, the Brijabhasis were having a jubilant festival with Krishna, smiling, laughing, singing. And what could Indra do? He became sober and came and surrendered his heart to Krishna. And then Lord Brahma, who's the father of Indra, when, he's, when he took away the little calves and the gopas, he was thinking, I will show my prowess. Who is this Krishna? Even he became bewildered. After Akasura was liberated, the demigods were just amazed that Krishna could do this. Can you imagine this gigantic serpent? And limitless little cowherd boys and calves danced in his mouth and went right into his stomach. And he closed it after Krishna went in. And then Krishna expanded himself and liberated Agasura. Actually, he suffocated him. And by his glance, he brought all of his friends and all of his calves back to consciousness. And then they all came out. And all the devatas saw the light of the soul of Agasura enter into Krishna's body, which means he was going to be an eternal associate of the supreme truth in the spiritual world. This was just amazing. Even Brahma wanted to, to see, how is this possible? Who is this Krishna? And he sees Krishna sitting on the bank of Yamuna with all these little cowherd boys, and they're all eating prasad. And they were hungry because it, 
you know, after this whole Agasura pastime, it was quite exciting. So they were relishing each other's food. Krishna would say, this is what my mother gave. And somebody else would say, this is what my mother gave. And one of the little gopas took a bite out of it and said, Krishna, this is so delicious, you should try it. And he took it out of his mouth and gave it to Krishna. And Krishna ate it and said, oh, this is very good. And the demigods and Brahma, this is God. He's eating the prasad, he's eating the food that's coming out of the mouths of these little cowherd boys. Very small children. And Krishna was a very small child. So Brahma wanted to see. He wanted to show his powers and wanted to understand what is this little boy. So he took the calves and took the cowherd boys and Krishna manifested himself as every single one of them so that no mother cow, no mother or father gopa gopi, none of them could detect that this was not their child. So thorough. Every single particle of their clothing, the way they talked, the way they moved, every hair on their heads was identical to the original child. And the calves. The only difference is all the cows and all the bulls and all the gopas and gopis. They never loved their children so much. Krishna's Rasa Bihari. He understood that all the gopas, all the gopis, all the cows, they loved Krishna more than they loved their lives, more than they loved their own children, more than they loved anything. But there was no envy. They were all so happy for Yashoda and Nanda. They would celebrate day and night the good fortune of Yashoda and Nanda. They never thought, why not me? But because there was no envy in their hearts and because all these different Brijabhasis were so happy for Nanda and Yashoda, Krishna gave them the same fortune. And he became their very child for one year. And when Brahma came back a year later, which was just a minute by his calculations, he saw everything was the same. All the little, all the little children are doing the same thing. They're just going out with Krishna and all the calves are happily dancing around and Krishna's playing his flute and what's happened here? I've put them all to sleep and hid them. He went and he saw that they were all sleeping and hidden. And he came back and he saw they were all there playing. He was bewildered. He was trying to rationally, philosophically, logically, mathematically figure out how is this possible? They're here and they're there. And even more than that, with all my powers, I could not 
even cause the slightest disturbance. And he became so bewildered, he didn't, he, he practically lost consciousness. But Krishna wanted to make it complete. So suddenly every calf and every gopa became Narayan. There were millions of Narayans standing around smiling. And then Brahma was really bewildered. But Krishna wanted to take it even farther. When he was just about to black out because he just couldn't understand what is happening? How is this happening? Then everything disappeared and there was only Krishna standing, this little boy holding, holding some dahi with fruit. And a year later it was still just as fresh as it was. And then Brahma realized. Then he became blessed. He fell unconscious. He stood up. He saw Krishna again. And he realized he was insignificant. As long as he thought in any way that he was great, he could not recognize what is Brindavan. But when he understood how great is Krishna and how sweet is Krishna, it's like the entire ten cantos of, of Srimad Bhagavatam manifested their essential truth in a moment to Brahma. He realized Krishna is the source of all incarnations. He's the source of all my powers. He's the source of all everyone's powers. He's the source of all the demigods. He's the source of everything. And yet, he's looking like he's confused, trying to find his friends. And he's just a little boy and he's so innocent. He won Brahma's love. Brahma surrendered to him. And at that point, Brahma could see Vrindavan. He could see every tree as a Kalpabriksha tree. That the Yamuna River was pure spiritual nectar. That every particle of dust was Chintamani, more valuable than the most precious jewels of Aikunta. And that all the, all the inhabitants of Vrindavan and all of their forms were the most blessed, fortunate, liberated beings because they all had love for Krishna. And the most amazing thing, they were the most fortunate, liberated, highly spiritual, advanced beings in all material and spiritual worlds. They had the highest, deepest realization of God, of anyone. And yet, none of them even know that Krishna's God. This is what Brahma saw. <laughs> Lord Varahadev was 
born from Brahma's nose. So he knows what avatars are and how powerful they are. When he does puja, Lord Narayan comes down to accept his worship. He's a very self-realized person. But here are people who are more highly spiritual advanced than any others in any spiritual world, and yet they don't even know he's God. They just love him so intimately, so sweetly, unconditionally. Krishna's sweetness, Krishna's beauty, Krishna's love is his special feature. And Brahma, in his beautiful prayer to Krishna, he compares a firefly. You know those little fireflies? At night, they give light. They go, teet, and light goes off. And then it goes off. Then they go, teet, and light goes off, and it goes out. It's very beautiful, especially when there's many of them. Brahma said, a firefly, when in the darkness of the night, when it releases the light. Because the firefly has very little eyes. Can't see the whole sky. We take for granted the relative position of everyone. When we're walking down the street, what we see. Well, just think about it. What an ant sees when it's crawling down the street. Now the spirit soul in the ant is a conscious living being trying to f stay out of danger, avoid pain, and, in, in, and enjoy pleasure. But when an ant is looking up, can't see the stars and the sky like we do. So the firefly with its little tiny eyes, little tiny brain, gives off light and thinks, I am lighting up the whole sky because everything around him is illuminated. Doesn't realize when we see, it's just a little light in one little place. He's thinking, I'm lighting up everything. So can only feel proud of his prowess when it's really dark out. But when the sun is out at noon, the firefly again and again realizes it's insignificant compared to the sun and the energy of the sun. So similarly in darkness, we think we're very great. But in the presence of Krishna, then we find the greatest happiness in Krishna's greatness. This is how Brahma surrender. And we find in Krishna's Leela, Varuna, how he surrenders to Krishna after seeing his glories. And Lord Shiva, 
Lord Shiva as Gopeshwar Mahadev, he becomes a gopi because he wants he wants to be the servant of the servant of the gopis to please Krishna. That's actually the, the, the highest, most complete revelation of Shiva, Gopeshwar Mahadev. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swaya. Today, Janmashtami, it's very wonderful how Krishna appears at midnight because it's the darkest time of the day. Ramchandra appeared at the lightest time of the day, at noon. And Srimati Radharani appears at the lightest time of day, at noon. In most incarnations we find, because, because they're giving light in the darkness of this world. But Krishna is born not only at midnight, the darkest time of the day, the time that most devotees are sleeping. <laughs> you know, midnight is like noon for Ravana. <laughs> it's like the time of awakening, Nashato. I mean, the, the Bhagavad Gita tells what's night for a devotee is day for someone who's attached to material enjoyments. Well, Krishna appears at midnight in a prison cell darkest time of the day in a place of bondage and his purpose to give total freedom and light. So the contrast of Krishna's appearance to the circumstances around him very much reveal Krishna's purpose in this world. He comes to to dispel the darkness of forgetfulness and release us from the prison of our forgetfulness. When Krishna was born in Mathura on this day at midnight, He revealed the form of Vishnu to Devaki and Vasudev. It was a special time. Mathura was the capital of the Yadu dynasties. It's the eternal spiritual world of the Lord. But Kamsa he was so arrogant, so hungry for power and control. And when you have such material attachments, you become, you succumb to fear, fear of losing it. In such a fearful state, 
he was going to kill his own sister on the day of her marriage. When he heard that voice, that her eighth child will be the cause of her death. He put Vasudeva and his cousin sister Devaki in prison, put them in iron shackles. They were chained to the walls. They had no freedom, year after year. And it was in that circumstance they maintained their love and their devotion. And it was Krishna's will, it was Krishna's will that he take birth from them, so they kept having children to facilitate Krishna's desire. So when Krishna appeared to Vasudeva and Devaki in his beautiful form of Narayan, they understood he's God. But still, as a mother, Devaki was afraid. If Kamsa sees you in this form, he will know that Vishnu actually has appeared. And he might, he might harm you. So please hide this form and become like a little ordinary baby so that we can hide you. This is her motherly love. And Krishna to reciprocate with his devotee's love from the form of Narayan holding the conch shell and the Sudarshan chakra and the, and the club and the lotus flower. He became a beautiful little tiny baby. And simultaneously, he took birth to Nanda and Yashoda. And Krishna, according to his will, Vasudev picked up this little baby and put him in a little box and put him on his head to take him to Gokul Mahavan, to replace him with the little daughter that was born as the younger sister of Krishna to Yashoda and Nanda. Suddenly in the darkness of the prison, everything was illuminated for Vasudev and Devaki. Everyone else in all of Mathura fell asleep. This Yoga Nidra. Yoga Maya was given this instruction by Krishna to make all the arrangements. And everyone was so deeply sleeping, nothing could wake them. The prison, all the different walls and the doors through the opened. And the chains, just without anybody's efforts, just opened up. So Vasudev just walked out with little Krishna. Nothing could, nothing could stop him. 
And there was massive rains. And Vasudev was looking around and he was seeing torrents of rain pouring down everywhere, but not a drop was coming on him or his little baby. He couldn't see what was happening, but behind him, Anandashesha was like an umbrella blocking so not a drop could touch them. And when they came to the Yamuna River, it was very wide, it was massively flooding, it was swirling. And Vasudev went to cross it, willing to take any risk. And Yamuna became just in the path that he was going across. It reduced to below his knees. And he crossed Yamuna. And by Yogamaya's great power, Yashoda Mai was sleeping. And all the Brijabhasis and Goku were sleeping. So Vasudev is, what a, he's enjoying such an incredible pastime. Everyone's asleep. And it even seemed that Krishna on top of his head was sleeping. And then he came and put Krishna down and took this little girl, Yoga Maya, Krishna's little sister, and brought back to Mathura. Then put little baby Yoga Maya, the newborn infant girl, put her down. And she cried, just like any little baby cries. And suddenly everyone woke up and they went to tell Kamsa. Now Kamsa was very much afraid because when Krishna decided to appear as Devaki Nandan. He, he went into the mind of Vasudev. From the mind of Vasudev, he was transferred to the mind of Devaki. And in this way, he appeared within her heart. And she became so effulgent Never before, when Kamsa saw her, he knew for sure, I've already killed six of her children. The seventh one was a miscarriage, but I've never seen Devaki like this. She's illuminating all directions. Vishnu is definitely in her. But he was thinking, if I kill her now, then it won't look good for me. So let the child be born and immediately I will kill this child. And he had all the guards on high alert. They were just monitoring every moment. And when little Yoga Maya cried, immediately the word was sent to Kamsa. Kamsa was not hardly sleeping at night. He was so afraid. 
whether we're sitting, whether we was talking, whether we was eating, he was constantly remembering that Vishnu is going to come and kill me. In fact, Narada Muni told him that actually in your previous life you were Kalanemi and Vishnu killed you. And now you've come as Kamsa and Vishnu is going to come to kill you again. So he was really worried. So day and night he was absorbed in remembering Vishnu. But not in love, in hate. So when the word came that the child was born, he knew this is Vishnu. And he came down with all of his powers kill that child immediately. And when he came, he saw us a little girl. And Devaki picked up the little girl and was embracing to her heart with all of her motherly love. And she was crying piteously, please, my brother, I'm your sister. You've already killed six of my children brutally. Just give me the chance to have one child. It's a daughter. You have Vishnu's not a girl. <laughs> you have no danger from a little girl. Kamsa, give me this child. And David he was pleading, embracing the child. Sanatana Goswami describes that not only did she love this child, but she knew it was Yasoda's child. And because of her great love and respect for Mother Yashoda, she wanted to protect Yashoda's child. She, she loved a child of Yashoda as much as she could love her own child. That was the type of friendship that they had. So she was begging, pleading, weeping incessantly for the life of this child. Kamsa, so merciless, forcibly ripped the child right out of her arms, picked up that child to smash her to death against a rock. Newborn baby child. Acharya say the child was still kind of wet from the apparent um, fluids within her, the mother. And just when he was about to dash her against a stone, Kamsa, each one of his arms was as powerful as 10,000 male elephants. And these are Dwapar Yuga elephants. <laughs> In comparison, the elephants of Kali Yuga are you know, like puppy dogs. <laughs> so, such powerful arms. And here's this newborn baby that was just some hours old. And she looks like any little newborn baby that we have. And he was going to smash her against a rock. That's what he did to all the other children. 
right in front of Devaki and Vasudev's eyes. They were praying for this little girl. And the little girl slipped, slipped out of Kamsa's hands and floated into the sky and expanded into a gigantic form of Durga, sitting on a lion with eight arms holding celestial weapons. She was illuminating the world and Kamsa looked up at her and she chastised him. Kamsa, you are so cruel. Why are you doing so terrible misdeeds, torturing your own sister? Stop this. The child that is meant to kill you has already been born and is somewhere else. Now stop hurting your sister. Then she disappeared. And that was sobering to Kamsa. Suddenly, all these years of cruelty to Vasudeva and Devaki, all these years of cruelty, he put his own father Ugrasena in prison so that he could control everything. Suddenly he, seeing Durga, he became a little sensible. What have I done? And then he fell at the feet of Devaki and begged forgiveness. He was trying to rationalize. He said, please forgive me for all I've done to hurt you and, and, and for killing all your children. And then he said, but actually, the body is just a temporary place for the soul, and the soul is eternal, and the soul goes through different types of body pleasures and pains according to their karma. So I'm, I was just an instrument of the karma of these children. <laughs> and here our acharyas tell that demoniac people, people who are grossly materialistic, cruel people, they use knowledge of the Atma, the soul, for their own purpose, to justify their own cruelty. In fact, knowledge of the soul makes cruel people even more cruel they have a philosophical basis. Kamsa was preaching like this. It's not me, it's just their karma. And similarly, Hiranyakashipu, after Hiranyaksha died, being hit by the tusk and the hoof of Varahadev, he was explaining the nature of the soul in such incredible philosophical accuracy but he used it all for the wrong purpose. So like anything in this world, knowledge, 
strength, beauty, wealth, science, if it's used in loving devotional service, bhakti, it has great benefits to everyone. But if due to our greed, our envy, our arrogance, those same gifts are causes of great danger. They infatuate one's ego even to make them even more cruel. That was Kamsa. So here he was begging forgiveness from Vasudeva and Devaki. And what did Vasudeva and Devaki do? They forgave him wholeheartedly. Okay, Kamsa, now you've wake, woken up from your illusion. We forgive you. And Kamsa set them free for the first time in years. And then what happened? Kamsa went back to his room just thinking about what Durga Devi had spoke to him. And then he explained everything to his associates. Pralamba, Aga, Janura. He said, this is what happened. And they said to him, no, don't do this. We must be worse than ever. Because if Vishnu is born somewhere else, why are you being so weak? We must kill him. And what's the way to kill Vishnu? Vishnu's hiding in the hearts of his devotees. It's hard to find him. And Shiva? Shiva's in the forest doing tapasya. And Brahma? He's meditating somewhere. And the demigods? You have already proven that you could defeat all of them. They tremble in fear of you. So we must kill Vishnu, who's the root of all the demigods. Then they will die. And how to kill Vishnu when he's hiding? By killing that which is dear to Vishnu. By killing the enlightened sages, the Brahmins. By killing the cows who provide ghee for their yagyas. Without them, Vishnu will die. And then you will be the ruler of everything. Let us do it. Give us permission. Give us your blessings and we'll go and destroy it all. Due to their association, Kamsa became more cruel than ever before and sent all of these asuras out to kill every child that had been born in recent times and destroy anything sacred, anything spiritual. He let loose a rampage of violence, cruelty. And meanwhile, while all this is going on, Nanda and Yashoda find little baby Krishna at Yashoda Mai's bedside. And he's so beautiful, he captures their hearts. They have a wonderful birth ceremony. 
And there it's described all the Brijabhasis, how happy because Nanda and Yashoda have such a wonderful child. In the spiritual state of consciousness, it's especially significant to recognize that there's no envy. Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, you can understand my message because you have no envy. And this is a repeated instruction given in the Vaishnava Vedic literatures. As long as there is envy, there's a barrier between us and appreciation of Krishna. So here Krishna is the child of Nanda and Yashoda and everyone in the whole Brajbhumi, Gokul, is happier than they could ever be happy because Nanda and Yashoda have a wonderful child. And because Nanda and Yashoda have a wonderful child, it's more dear to them than having a wonderful child themselves because they're such well-wishers. This is the principle of Vaishnavism. We love to see others having Krishna. For the conditioned souls, we want to spread Krishna consciousness because our happiness is to see others happy with Krishna. And among devotees, our greatest joy is not that I have done this, but some, but other devotees Krishna's with them. Krishna's empowering them. Krishna's blessing them. We can understand our spiritual advancement according to how we deeply appreciate and find joy in seeing others receiving Krishna's mercy. That is the theme of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. So everyone in Vrindavan was at the summit of ecstasy because Yashoda and Nanda had given birth to such a beautiful, all-attractive child that everyone fell in love with. Little baby Krishna was just glancing upon the Brijabhasis and they were infused with his loving glance. They didn't know he was God. But they loved this little baby more than they could ever love God. <laughs> because he was beyond God. Beyond God is, he was God who was giving himself so intimately, so personally for the freest loving exchanges. That is Krishna. And they were dancing and they were playing instruments and Nanda Maharaj was giving incredible charity. He was giving charity to the Brahmins. He was giving charity to the musicians. He was giving charity to every cowherd man, every gopi. 
He was giving charity to everyone. And Srimad Bhagavatam tells he was giving that charity with deep respect. Nanda Maharaj respected everyone. He wanted everyone to be happy. He wanted to share Krishna with all of them. And everyone just wanted to see Nanda and Yashoda most happy with Krishna. And Krishna most happy with them. And in this way, the first birthday ceremony of Krishna manifested in Gokul. And today we are in our own little way celebrating Krishna's appearance at Radha Gopinath Temple. So what is the greatest way we could show our love for Krishna? The way the Brijabhasis, by just sharing Krishna with each other, through kirtan, through harikatha, through appreciation of each other's services, through truly being well-wishers, that's the Brijabhasi spirit that we learn from this wonderful story. And I'm remembering in 1972 on the night of Janmashtami when Srila Prabhupada was at New Vrindavan and it was the only Janmashtami I celebrated personally with Srila Prabhupada physically. And he was sitting on his Vyasasan and and we all fasted the whole day and it was really hot. And the temple room was very small. And there were hundreds of devotees crowded into it. And Prabhupada sat on his Vyasasan and told devotees to read Krishna book. And the sannyasis were reading. And they were so tired. And everyone was so tired, because now it's midnight. And I remember so many people were falling asleep. <laughs> and so many people were trying to stop falling asleep by standing up. And those same people were falling down <laughs> because they fell asleep. And I'm happy to tell you, I was one of those people. <laughs> struggling to stay awake, struggling to stand up. And the devotees who were reading the Krishna book, they were not reading very enthusiastically because they were trying to, but they were really tired and sannyasi's dundas were falling. Because <laughs> it was so hot and so crowded. And Prabhupada was sitting in rapt attention, relishing every word. It was so beautiful. It's such a taste for hearing about Krishna. Transcendental sound. And when they came to the end of the first chapter, the advent of Krishna, Thus ends the first chapter of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And everybody was so happy it ended. <laughs> Everyone went, Jai! 
Prabhupada was sitting so intent. He said, next chapter. <laughs> I read the next chapter. There's one chapter, the prayers of the demigods, <laughs> which is mostly just prayers. And the demigods, you, in this context, where you're starving, no water, no food, no air to breathe in that crowded temple room. It's midnight. You realize how philosophical the demigods are. <laughs> These prayers seemed like endless analytic philosophy. kind of agonizing and finally and it's a long chapter and it ended thus ends the prayers of the demigods and the to Krishna in the womb and die <laughs> Prabhupada sitting there with his back erect listening with such ecstatic emotion he said next chapter <laughs> And the people who, the cooks and the servers were outside with the pots to serve out the midnight feast. And now it's like two in the morning. And even they were, they felt they were laying, sleeping next to the pots <laughs> on the ground outside. And after the advent of Krishna, the birth of Krishna, then thus ends the next chapter of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And at that time, everyone was just like, Jai. <laughs> and it's, it's a highlight of my life, because I was experiencing it. You know. I was looking at Prabhupada and Prabhupada just looked at everyone and smiled, <laughs> seeing, and he said, I think you are all tired. <laughs> <laughs> so we should end here. And at that moment, everyone went, Jai! <laughs> John Mastami is a wonderful festival. And these festivals, really, we should look forward to them throughout the whole year. It's a time where the whole devotee community comes together to encourage each other with Krishna in the center of our hearts and our lives. And the best way to celebrate Janmashtami is just the opposite of what the what Kamsa's friends and associates were telling him. They were telling Kamsa, we should.
terrorize and cause misery and death to the devotees, the Brahmins, because that will hurt Vishnu the most. Even if Vishnu was visible, if we tried to do something to him, it would not hurt him as much as if we hurt his devotees. So what is the opposite of that? The best way to give pleasure to Vishnu, the, way, the best way to celebrate Lord Krishna is to give happiness, to nourish the devotees. And what gives happiness most to the hearts of the devotees? When we share Krishna with each other. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Thank you very much. Radha Gopinath Ki Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananti Koti Vaishnav Brinda Ki Sadhana Swami Maharaj Ki Jai!